Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This is Unsportsmanlike with Chris Canty, Evan Cohen, and Michelle Smallman. The cost to climb Mount Everest, it's $55,000 to climb Mount Everest. That's outrageous. To climb a mountain. They got too much people with too much damn money, though. $55,000 to climb a mountain? There's no way I would ever consider that. You know how many beach vacations I could go on for (laughs) $55,000? How many beach vacation smalls could you go on for 55000 would you say? At least 11, right? I was going to say at least 20. Tw- oh, 20. Right? Mm. 55K? I mean, 20? Yeah. I mean, if we're judicious about how we're breaking this up, then yeah. All right, Cece, just you and I talking. 20? 55000 What is she talking about here? Nah, I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> Well, say. I'm not doing it the CC way. <laughs> <laughs> and then maybe I could maybe do two. CC's <laughs> one. So you can go on a Thursday for 55K. There's one thing I've learned. There's some things I've learned about you guys and our time together so yeah. far on the show. One thing I've learned about CC, he cuts no corners when he goes on vacation. If CC is no. going on vacation, he is doing it right. A plus elite level all the time. If we were drafting our ESPN personalities, who do you want to plan your vacation? Without a doubt, CC number one overall pick. Yeah, but that's just an extension of all of the work that my wife does. I was going to say, do you even plan your vacation? The, o- the, o- the only role I pay is playing for the damn vacation. That's it. That's the only role I play in all of that. But you have been to these places, and he'll always tell me, hey, if you ever go here, stay at this hotel. Oh, Make sure, sure you go to this sure, restaurant. Sure. He yeah, knows. Yeah, yeah. He knows the yeah, spot. Yeah, we keep the itineraries for when we go on vacations, when we travel to different places. So we got the rundown on all the things that you need to do, all the things you need to see. Oh, wait, Period. that's interesting. So you have, like, the vacation ledger, like Nuno has his ledger for all of his expenses, our producer? Yeah, my wife is like Conde Nast. Like, she just keeps all of that stuff on deck in terms of wherever you want to go, what to do, what to see, where to eat, all of that type of stuff. Wow. I know. That's so good. She's such a valuable – that's such a valuable friend to have, the friend that you could text at any time and say, hey, I'm going to New Orleans. Where should I go? And everybody has that friend that's really plugged in whenever they travel. And will she give, like, itemized, like, all right, if you're going for three days, here are the, the, the spots you got to go. Like, how detailed is that ledger of vacation? Oh, there's a, there's a PDF that she can send to a friend. <laughs> like, it's, just, it's, it's in a spreadsheet. You know, that's, that's, that's one of my wife's love languages is Excel. So she has everything in an Excel sheet, <laughs> the cost and all of that stuff, the budget, all of it, and she just sends it to her friends if they ask about it. That is amazing. One of my wife's love language is Microsoft Excel. That's it is. Amazing. What do you I want me to you. say? I it believe got you. Through, it got it through Ross Business School. Not, not physical touch, not acts of service, but Excel. Excel spreadsheet, yeah. <laughs> no doubt. Oh, boy. All right, um, so we've been talking a lot about Dak Pres- Dad Prescott Dad today. Prescott. Uh, and it stemmed from this piece of audio from Micah Parsons with Stephen A. Smith. Besides Patrick Mahomes... 
Bye. What other quarterback in the AFC has accomplished anything to get more credit than Dak? Joe Flora. Josh Allen. Did he finish? No, but they got it further. It doesn't, it doesn't matter how far you get. If you're going home and you're not in tearing the ring, it doesn't matter. So you go to the NFC Championship. It doesn't matter. If we get sent home, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. That's no different. It doesn't matter. Getting bounced in a wild card game? It's no different. Oh, come on, man. That's ridiculous. All you doing that's is get, you just get more hope. More hope. But if you are not the Super Bowl champion, it does not matter what you've accomplished. It doesn't matter if you're an MVP, defense player of the year. It doesn't matter. If you're not the Super Bowl champion, it doesn't matter. You haven't accomplished anything. Okay, so that happens. Micah says that about Dak. Lewis Riddick. It's so ridiculous, oh, go ahead. though. Go ahead. It's so ridiculous, though. So if you don't win a Super Bowl, it doesn't matter? Like, Jim Kelly went to four Super Bowls. You're saying it doesn't matter? You're saying he's not more accomplished than Dak Prescott? Are you kidding me? What are we talking about? Like, I just hate that Michael is trying to create this soft place to land because Dak underwhelmed in the postseason and got outplayed by Jordan Love, who's in his first full season as a starter. And that's been the, that's been the pattern with Dak Prescott. It's happened before. He got outplayed by Brock Purdy the year before, and Brock Purdy had, what, six or seven starts under his belt before that game in the divisional round? And then the year before that, he got outplayed by Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> Like, he just continues to get outplayed by quarterbacks that we deem lesser than in, in the landscape of the NFL. So, yeah, I, I think how you finish the season, even if you don't win a chip, matters in terms of your overall level of accomplishment. I also love how he matches Stephen A's cadence in that clip. Like, you can hear him start to do the Stephen A to Stephen A, you know, in the, his tone and the way he delivers it. But yeah. part of me appreciates Micah Parson for defending his quarterback because there's been other people on the team or family members of people on the team who haven't defended Dak Prescott publicly. So I feel like maybe Micah feels like he needs to take up for his guy a little bit here. So part of me appreciates that. But I don't think what he realizes that he's doing is he's putting us in a position and the general public in a position to then have to diss Dak Prescott based on what he said, because there are other quarterbacks in the AFC who we would consider more accomplished than Dak. There's other quarterbacks in the NFC that we consider to be more accomplished than Dak. So by him trying to take up for his guy, it only furthers the conversation and makes us do the comparison, which puts him on a different level. He went baseball arbitration. And what I mean by that is baseball arbitration is one of the worst things that happens publicly for athletes, I think, because all it is is the team arguing against why they want to pay you le- or more. Like you're coming in there, I want $5. They're saying we want to pay you $3, and they have to argue against you, right? You're walking in there, say, and, and it's the person you want on your team, right? And so Dak, uh, Micah puts all this stuff out there about Dak, and now he forces us when we're not actually interested in arguing against Dak. We we we, had, we didn't have like a topic planned anti-Dak at all in any way, shape, Mm-mm. or form. Micah's walking us into that so much so that it, of course, is a topic with us here on Unsportsmanlike, as well as Get Up with Greeny, eight eight to ten a Eastern Time, and Lewis Riddick, ESPN NFL analyst, had this to say about Dak. I'll tell you the kind of quarterbacks that they fear, and I love Dak Prescott. Didn't nobody fear in no. Dak Prescott, right? They fear Josh Allen. They fear Lamar. They fear Joe. They fear Joe because of his mind, because they feel as though he can duel with Patrick on the same level. They fear Josh because they think Josh is just a freak. And, and it's hard to really defend. So when he's talking about like, like that kind of stuff, that's just, you're right, that's just good media I can say stuff. I say Jordan Love. It really doesn't do anything, though. It's not doing anything. So I don't know. I mean, Nuno would better know better than I would on this, uh, our producer. If GetUp's Rundown had an anti-Dak angle today, <laughs> my guess is Micah Parsons says what he says, 
like us, they play the sound, and Lewis Riddick says that, which I don't think Lewis Riddick came into New York thinking, how do I present to the national audience that everyone is fearless of Dak Prescott? Micah Parsons walks us into this, and he walks us into negative conversation about Dak. Now, rewinding for a second. The idea of fear about a quarterback is an interesting topic in itself. CC, you played 11 years in the league on the defensive line. If your defense would be fearful of a quarterback, what does that quarterback have to have on their list of traits for you to be fearful of him? Well, the most important thing is competitive greatness, right? A quarterback that can rise up in the moments, a quarterback that can make those plays, that can be the difference in that handful of snaps that are going to determine the outcome. I think that's what we're talking about, and that's why Lewis Riddick brought up Josh Allen and Joe Burrow and Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes, those guys and what they can do. Um, and even though only one of those four has a championship, I think we can all acknowledge that all of those guys have the potential to change a game on a dime by their individual ability and how that leads to the, the team and the offense's overall productivity. So I, I just – that's the part that's missing with Dak Prescott. And for Micah to boil it all down to accomplishment in winning a Super Bowl is a little bit disingenuous because it strips away the context in terms of that player positioning his team to have success. I mean, that's really what it, what it, what it, what it comes down to, right? Nobody's going to sit here and say that, you know, Trent Dilfer has had a better career than Dak Prescott, but Trent Dilfer has a Super Bowl. You know what I mean? So if, according to Michael Parsons' standards, Trent Dilfer's a better player because he's got the Super Bowl. He's more accomplished. I, I guess that's the part that gets convoluted in this discussion. I think what matters is that player at the most important position in all of team sports, putting his squad in position to compete at the highest level of the sport. For a team that got knocked out of the wild card round by the Green Bay Packers, a young team that we didn't expect to be there, they're certainly doing a lot of talking. And they're certainly yeah, doing yeah. a lot of defending of themselves for a team that probably shouldn't be doing any talking or any defending of themselves. Whether it's Jerry Jones or Micah Parsons or Demarcus Lawrence. I mean, everybody is talking. And I don't know why they have to come out and defend their quarterback or defend themselves or do the comparison game. Why are you guys spending your time and energy doing this in a losing cause when you should just be getting together and figuring out how you make sure you don't have a repeat of what keeps happening to your team? Because they're a reality show, not a documentary, right? I mean, in its simplest form, they are a weekly reality show, not a 10 years after documentary on their success, Last Dance style. That, that's what they are. I, I do want to go back, though, to the fear, like you're not fearful of Dak Prescott. CeCe, if you were a defensive lineman in the league today, the quarterbacks that you would be—I know you're probably going to say that. Hey, we wouldn't be afraid of anybody. I mean, and your team would indicate that. With oh no, that ain't Giants. true. Oh that really? True. Oh okay. True. All right. So who would you? Plenty be... quarterbacks that I was scared of. Yeah. All right. Well, who were you true. scared of then by name, and who would you be scared of now by name? I was scared as hell of Michael Vick. I mean, Michael Vick. Like I, <laughs> I remember we had. I mean, Michael Vick. I had a D line coach that that coached against Michael Vick once upon a time, and he was like. Don't knock out Chris Chandler because nobody wants to deal with Michael Vick coming into the game. Like that's how that's how terrified people were of Michael Vick. He's a special singular talent. Tom Brady, of course, was on that list of quarterbacks that you would absolutely be afraid of. Aaron Rodgers was on that list of quarterbacks that you would be afraid of. Um, so I mean, there, there were plenty of guys that you would say, you know what, we're, we're afraid of this guy just because of how special of a talent that he's he is, and we want to do everything we can to keep the ball out of his hands. And a lot of that had to do with what the offense was capable of in terms of controlling time of possession. But defensively, 
try to make every series a three and out. Like that, that was the thing. So there were absolutely quarterbacks that we were afraid of because they were so dynamic and they threatened the defense. And here's the thing, you could have the perfect defensive call on for what the offensive play was going to be, and that quarterback can still make you look foolish. I think that's the standard when we start talking about quarterbacks that we're afraid of, and that's the standard that Lewis Riddick was alluding to in what Micah Parsons does in, in bringing up the accomplishment aspect of things is eliminating that context around it. And who today? Who would you say, all right, I'd be afraid of this guy? Oh, I think we, we named him. I mean, Josh Mahomes. Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow. Those are CJ Stroud is on that list for me right now. Like those would be the quarterbacks that I'm afraid of. Not Jalen Hurts, not no. Trevor Lawrence, no, not Dak Prescott, no, not Justin Herbert, no. Wow, no, Justin Herbert. One year from now, one year after Harbaugh, I don't, or no? I don't know. I have to see it first. Yeah. TBD. But based on based on what I've seen so far, no, I'm not afraid of him. No, he's good, but I'm not afraid of him. Like Donovan McNabb was good. Nobody was afraid of him. That's a, that's an amazingly short list of guys. Allen, Jackson, Mahomes, obviously, and the fourth you just said Burrow, Burrow, Burrow and CJ Stroud. Oh, five, Stroud, yeah. five. So would that be by default the top five quarterbacks in the league in your mind? Yes. Okay. So basically, fear is actually a great way of determining the rankings of the top five quarterbacks in the league. Are you, as a defender, actually afraid of that guy? Interesting way of looking at it. 888-SAY-ESPN is the number to be a part of the show. The quarterbacks that you are afraid of, if Dak Prescott is on that list, and if that list is correct. Plus, should we feel sympathy for one of the greatest athletes in his sport ever? We'll get to that next. We're on Sportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Well, Trout's not going anywhere. But this story now around Mike Trout, as maybe at least in my eyes, I think in many people's eyes except for one person over here, what? gone too far. Gone, gone too, too far. far. Oh, yeah. Okay. So let's set this up properly. Here's Mike Trout at a presser yesterday, or two days ago, excuse me, talking about not wanting to be traded by the Angels. I think the biggest thing right now is I think the easy way out is just ask for a trade. There might be a time, maybe. Uh, I've, I really haven't thought about this, but, you know, when I signed that contract, I, I'm loyal. You know, I want to win the championship here. And, um, yeah, that's, I mean, that's, that's mainly. I think the, the, the overall picture of winning a championship or getting to the playoffs here is bigger satisfaction, bailing out and just taking the easy way out. So I think that's, that's my, been my mindset. Maybe down the road if something's changed, but that's been my mindset ever since the trade speculations you know, came up. So, so that's where I'm at. 
Okay, no problem. His career, his contract, his team, his decision-making, no issue with that whatsoever. Um, but Hembo yesterday on Greeny, 10 until noon Eastern time here on ESPN Radio, uh, went maybe a little too far on Trout. On one hand, it is refreshing for a generational player to operate with a, a loyalty and a humility that players of yesteryear did that we absolutely romanticize about. And I think his lack of obsession with his legacy is actually quite healthy in today's climate climate and is very much the antithesis of what we often see from quarterbacks and superstars in the NBA. But all of that comes at the expense of capital B baseball and its fans because, of course, loyalty is a two-way street. Mike Trout has more than kept up his end of the bargain, and the team has obviously not. So to date, I think the best way I could sum it up is Mike Trout has enjoyed a career of immense value but absolutely no consequence. And because of that, to date, Mike Trout is a baseball tragedy. He calls Mike Trout a baseball tragedy. He also went on to say that he has an amazing amount of sympathy for Mike Trout. And this is where I don't understand this. What, like, sports sympathy is different than real-life sympathy, obviously. Mm -hmm. But, like, Mm -hmm. what sympathy in sports do we have for Mike Trout, who's going to be a first-ballot Hall of Famer, has got more money than he knows what to do with, and has chosen to play in that city for that team for his entire career? Why would I be sympathetic for that? You wouldn't. So, I'm not. Yeah, I mean, Mike, Mike Trout is not a victim in this situation. Ne- neither are the Los Angeles Angels. The victim are, 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 are the fans of baseball. That, that's who the real victims are because we don't get to see this talent on the postseason stage. Mike Trout has been to, what, one postseason series in his entire career? One? Yep. And that was in 2014? Yep. I, I mean, I... I, I I, I don't get it. I don't understand how it ends up being a sports tragedy if this guy is voluntarily staying in a situation that has been marred by dysfunction, which is the Los Angeles Angels. I, I don't understand it. And here's the thing that throws me off a little bit with Mike Trout's comments. The part where he says that it would be, you know, it, it, uh, he doesn't want to take the easy way out, I would disagree with that. Mike Trout is sitting there making a ton of money in L.A. with relatively no expectations because of the team that he plays for. If he gets traded, if he forces his way out because he wants to contend for a title, the pressure, the scrutiny gets ratcheted up. And then all of a sudden, people want to see a guy that's worth $37.1 million a year perform like that. They want to see a guy that's uber productive. They want to see a guy whose back can carry a team to a World Series. That's what they want to see. Right now, there's no pressure on Mike Trout because nobody expects anything from the Angels. If you trade him to a team that has expectations, say, for instance, like what his former teammate did in Shohei Otani, going to the L.A. Dodgers, all of a sudden things change. That is not the easy way out. That is by far the tougher of the two paths. And as a fan of sports, I want to see athletes embrace that challenge. I want to see athletes that prioritize winning above all else. And that is not what Mike Trout is doing by staying, quote unquote, loyal to the Los Angeles Angels. It's a sports tragedy because he's going to stay loyal to the Angels and likely never have the postseason success that we expect from him and that we want from him. Right. Therefore, I think it's a sports tragedy because his greatness will always have an asterisk next to it, as far as I'm concerned. Is he individually great? Of course. 
But when I think about the greatest baseball players that I've ever seen, there are postseason moments and likely World Series moments tied to that. The single greatest baseball player I have ever laid my eyes on and probably ever will is Albert Pujols. When you ask me about Albert Pujols' greatness, I'm not going to go to the MVPs. I'm not going to go to the All-Star Games, the Gold Gloves, the Silver Sluggers. I'm going to tell you about 2005 in the NLCS when he hit a home run off Brad, Brad Lidge that still hasn't landed yet. I have never seen a single person silence a crowd like he did in Houston. I'm going to tell you about 2011 when he hit three home runs in one game in the World Series. When the pressure was the biggest and the moment was the biggest, he stepped up. He was a reason why the St. Louis Cardinals were able to have success. I'm not going to be able, likely, I hope I'm wrong, to say that about Mike Trout. Therefore, he's always going to be a debate topic, a conversation point, because unless we get that postseason moment from him, or unless he has the opportunity to do it on that stage, I don't know how great you really are. Because to me, greatness is about winning, and it's about winning big. And if he doesn't have that component in his game, it's always going to be an asterisk for me. And also, like, this is all his choice. Yeah. Right? Like, he chooses to, to – and that's okay. Right? I mean, like, Nuno asked me, our producer, when's the next time we're going to talk about Trout after this? Right? He doesn't want us to talk about him. He never has, right? never will. He doesn't ever want us to talk about he him. He wants to lay it's, low. And it's okay. It's like when I think about athletes historically that I have sports sympathy for, and, and credit to Chris Canty for the sports preface because I would never have said that prior to him, and he's a 1,000% right to put that preface in there. I think about Randy Moss. Like, mm. Randy Moss is arguably, what, the second greatest receiver of all time. Yep. Went to ring chase, went undefeated in New England, went 18-0, <laughs> and 0, and then lost in the Super Bowl. That's sports sympathy that Who I have. Who they lose to have? Oh. What, mm. Whatever. I don't know. I wasn't there. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> what, really? I give this whole emotional credit to you, and that's what you had to do there? Really? I just want to be You know what? I got no sports sympathy for you. No sports sympathy for Canty then in that spot. Who did yes. they lose to, Evan? Uh, the Giants. Anyway, okay. <laughs> the point is, there's a guy I have sports sympathy for. He stayed with Minnesota. He was ridiculed for things off the field at times that in today's day and age, he'd never be ridiculed for. Um... And I just feel like there's a level of sports sympathy I have. There are probably other athletes that you guys can think of immediately that you would say, yeah, I got more sympathy for this person. Caitlin Clark, if she never wins, you could argue I have more sports sympathy for her because of how great she is and she chose to stay home in Iowa instead of going to UConn or Tennessee or any of the, or South Carolina or LSU, whatever, right? I have no sports sympathy for Mike Trout. None whatsoever. No, and I and I still am so confused as to why he wants to be loyal to an organization that has not been loyal to him. Because if they were so loyal to him, they gave him the money. But they would build around him. I think wasting his career there is a sign of disloyalty. And that drives me nuts. I, it drives me absolutely nuts to think that he and Shohei Otani were together and they have zero playoff appearances, zero playoff wins, and two of the greatest mm. baseball players that will ever live. He's been paired with Albert Pujols. They love to collect stars. Artie Moreno loves to collect stars. He doesn't know how to build a baseball team. And I don't understand why Mike Trout wants to be so loyal to them, knowing that the result is likely not going to be any different. Part of me respects it because he's comfortable. He likes being there. He likes his situation. But I think ultimately it's going to result in something that feels incomplete, which is going to be a real bummer. Cece, is there an athlete that you think back historically or even recently that you're like, I have some sports sympathy for that athlete that like they gave everything and tried to get that ring and tried to get over the hump and never did? I mean, the one that comes comes to mind, sports sympathy, sports tragedy, Jim Kelly. 
I mean, Jim yeah, Kelly there, was there's so, so, there's somebody I feel. Jim yeah. Kelly was so good, and I mean, they got to four Super Bowls. I think it was four Super Bowls in a row. Like, yes, and they and they they didn't win one of them, <laughs> not one of them. <laughs> like, I feel bad for him, right? Because they won't remember him as a champion, and he is an all time great. Yeah. Eight 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 say ESPN. Eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. Is there an athlete that you have that level of sports sympathy for? And maybe somebody does have it for Mike Trout. None of us seem to understand how Hembo can have it for Mike Trout, considering all of this has been his choice. We're on Sportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. It is time for Respect It or Check It here on Unsportsmanlike. I'm Michelle Smallman alongside Evan Cohen and Chris Canty. I'm going to give you guys a statement. You'll tell me whether you respect it or you check it. First one, Dak Prescott has had a great career. Evan, we'll start with you. See, this is not fair. What's happening, this is so ridiculous what you guys have done. <laughs> you said it. <laughs> I you said it's always Dak Prescott. He's had a great career. I understand that, but what what you guys have intelligently done here <laughs> is totally backed me into a corner where I'm not the person. If I get it wrong, I get it wrong, and I'll admit I get it wrong. No, he hasn't had a great career. He's had a very good career, so I'll check it. So I overstated it once, and now it's held with me forever with oh. no ability to retract. Evan was wrong. He admitted it. Yeah, I'm going to check this too. Dak Prescott, two and five in the postseason and hadn't got to a conference championship game or better. I got to check it. I'm not going to call you great. Great is reserved for guys that are performers in the postseason, and that hasn't been Dak Prescott. All right, CC, we'll stick with you. How about this one? Russell Wilson makes the Steelers a Super Bowl contender. Respect it or check it? Ooh, I got to check it. I think the Steelers are capable of going on a deep playoff run, but I'm not going to call them Super Bowl contenders. I just don't think that they could be the team that has the horsepower to beat the Kansas City Chiefs or go through the gauntlet of the AFC as a whole. Uh, I think they have a chance to compete for a division title, but I'm going to stop short of saying that they're Super Bowl contenders. I'll check it. Uh, I'm going to check it, even though I absolutely love the signing, because I don't believe there are Super Bowl contenders in the AFC except for the Chiefs. Mm. 
There's no such thing as a Super Bowl contender outside of Kansas City, unless Kansas City chooses to do what Jeff Darlington, great ESPN reporter, said on Get Up yesterday, which is choose to pay a wide receiver over paying Chris Jones. If that happens, then I'll I'll retract that. But there are no other AFC Super Bowl contenders. None. None. Until proven otherwise. None. Wow. You find that to be... You find that to be a bold statement? Really? I don't I don't know if I would go that far. I'd say they're contenders. Maybe I would always pick Kansas City just because of recent history. It'd be, it feels foolish not to pick them, but there's still other contenders so, in the ring. So, I mean, if it's Chiefs or the field, you're, you're going to probably go with the Chiefs yeah. over the other 15 teams in the conference, no? Yes. So, until proven otherwise, are there really Super Bowl contenders in the AFC? That's a fair point. It sounds I look like a forward hot take, to that. It, it sounds like a hot take, yeah, but it's not. I know. It's not. I look forward to more of that tomorrow at 6.15 a.m. Eastern okay, time. That's can't obvious. Wait, can't wait. <laughs> okay, Evan, respect it or check it. The Bears will get a first-round pick for Justin Fields. No, I'm going to check it just because I listen to CeCe because every, every version of can they get this, can they get that, CeCe shoots down and says second round is the most, so I'm going to say check it. Yeah, I'm going to check it too. I, I think it ends up being a second-round pick plus. Um, and so the compensation is going to be multiple draft picks, including a second rounder, but I don't think it gets to a first round pick. Cece, we'll stay with you. Doc Rivers will be the reason that Giannis asks out of Milwaukee. Respect it or check it? Uh, I'm going to check it. I don't think Doc Rivers is going to be the reason. I don't think, I don't think he's, I don't think he's also going to help the matter when it comes to convincing Giannis that this is a place where he can have sustained success and have multiple championship runs. I, I, I don't think that's going to be an environment that's going to take advantage of Giannis's prime. And so I, I would say that Doc Rivers, if anything, is probably going to accelerate Giannis asking out of Milwaukee. I just don't have any faith, any confidence that they're going to be able to figure it out, pull out of this nosedive. I check it because I don't think Giannis is going to ask out of Milwaukee. I'd be surprised if that happens. I see them changing over their roster next year around him more so than him asking out. Even if this is a disaster. Well, it already is. Well, um, if it continues to be, I mean. Yeah, because I've said it once. I'll say it again. It's I could see Damon Lillard and the Bucks after the season saying, hey, we tried this. It was worth the try. We'll, we'll both go amicably in our different directions and we'll move you somewhere else to get pieces in return that's the move i think they could make Mm. okay next one evan the cfp committee got it right with the five and seven playoff model under the current circumstances of what the alternatives were yeah i'm cool with that there are some holes to poke in it but i'd still rather the bcs i know i'm in the minority on this one but i'd still rather one versus two yeah you're wild with that one i'm gonna respect it I i like the fact that we're expanding the playoff format, it's not going to be a lot of controversy in terms of teams that could have gotten into the playoffs that didn't, that could potentially win a title. I think that this eliminates that altogether. And, and so I think you have the potential for some upsets, especially in the earlier rounds, but ultimately we're going to get to the best team being crowned national title, national champion, or the most deserving team being crowned the national champion. So I'm excited about the playoff expansion. This is something that they should have done years ago. We've seen the playoff model at the FCS level work. It's about time that the FBS level adopted. Yeah, I love that they're trying to make it better, too, that they're trying different things. And I think this one's a little TBD because we won't really know if we love it until it plays out, but I think it's a great start and a great idea. Okay, last one. Evan, we'll start with you. Respect it or check it. A hot dog is a taco. I'm sorry, (laughs) a hot dog is a taco? What an evolution of hot dog is a sandwich argument. Respect it or check it. A hot dog is a taco. I'm going to check it, but based on the logic, if it's not a sandwich, if a taco is something that is is 
open at, at one end, close at the other, and has a support around it, and then the protein in the middle. I understand why the question would be asked, but no, a hot dog is not a taco. Uh, yeah, I'm going to check that, too. A hot dog is not a taco. This feels like Pat Costello believes a hot dog is a taco, if I had to guess. It's not a taco. A taco is a taco. taco. A hot dog is a hot dog. It's like a hot dog is James Harden. It's not the system. It's not part of the system. It is its own system. You know what I mean? Like, why do we? Tr- why are we trying to put a hot dog into the taco system? Can't it just be its own thing? You know what? That actually makes a lot of sense. Got to be honest. Thank you. Where, a hot dog is James Harden is the best take of the day. I mean, just leave it with Literally no context. Figuratively, yeah, James Harden, a hot yeah. dog. Yeah, makes sense. Where did this question come from? Was there a viral story that I missed on this? I don't know, guys. No, I just asked. Oh, well, I knew it was Pat. Yeah, I was sitting here and we were trying to come up with questions and it occurred to me that a hot dog and a taco were very similar. Why? Because of the construction? There's, there's yeah, it's, the- a, it's a ground product inside a horizontal vessel with <laughs> toppings. A no, I feel like the taco vessel. is way more versatile than the hot dog, though. Absolutely, uh, not, not even debatable. The taco is yeah. more versatile than a hot. Yeah, for uh, you're sure. going to argue that, Pat? That there's no way. Well, I guess what? a hot dog you can put way more stuff on than a Wait taco. Wait a minute. What? Are you what? what? You can literally take anything and make it into a taco. Like literally, it could be a breakfast taco with eggs. People now use like the um, like the ch- uh, fried chicken with the eggs in it as a taco. You can you you can have lunch and dinner tacos with any kind of protein. You can have a dessert taco. A dessert taco. Oh yeah, choco taco, so good. Yeah, I mean Pat. I mean, now we're just stretching what no, a taco actually is. No, we're not. Is. No, we're not. They're, they're, they're actually items. called tacos. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, 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 this, the genesis of this was the base taco versus the base hot yeah, dog. Now you guys are taking and adding eggs. The only avenue to where a hot dog really has a lot of toppings is a Chicago dog. And I think even a Chicago dog still has less toppings than a traditional taco. All right, you know what? Here's what we're going to do. We have about a, two or three minutes here. We have a bunch of calls on the uh, athletes you have sympathy for. And then we have to ask this question as well. So here's what we're going to do. Charles in West Virginia watching on ESPNU, you got two questions for you. One more versatile, a hot dog or a taco, and the athlete you have sympathy for. Um, I'm going to take the hot dog. Oh, my God. I'm going the wow. hot dog. Oh, my God. Over a taco. Oh, that is confusing yeah. the masses. I live in West Virginia. We don't have that many tacos. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fair. The, the, fair. The, that's the, fair. Yeah. It's fair. Sometimes we got to really remember we are a national show. Uh, all right, the uh, the athlete you have the the sports sympathy for Dale Murphy. That's a good one. Dale Murphy won back to back MVP titles. He led the league in home runs. Never really made the playoffs a couple times, but never really went very far because they had to face the Dodgers. And then went to the uh, Phillies and was gone before they went to the World Series in 93. Exactly. And now he can't get in the Hall of Fame, which is just a crime. It's just a total crime that a man of, you know, his statue. He never got in trouble. He never, you know, never had any problems. And- you know, it's an interesting name you're bringing up, and thanks for the call. I, this is the weirdest comparison ever, but follow me. Dale Murphy's name may pop up again soon. Because Dale Murphy and Lamar Jackson may be in the same sentence. The two-time MVP that doesn't make it to the Hall of Fame. That I think we, I think Lamar is going to, but that's a two-time MVP in baseball that did not make it to the Hall of Fame, which is just crazy to think. Uh, Andrew in Salt Lake City listening on ESPN 700. All right, before you get to the sympathy, more versatile, a hot dog or a taco? 
Uh, I'm out in Utah where we do have a lot of taco places, and it's definitely a taco. Thank you. All right. There's sympathy. Go ahead. Carl uh, Malone, John Stockton, and Jerry Salone. Mm-hmm. 19 seasons, never missing the playoffs, getting to multiple Western Conference championships, two NBA finals in a row. And that 98 finals was just loaded with bad calls throughout the whole series. Yeah, I think the Utah Jazz could definitely be a team you have sympathy for. Um, I don't want to go too personal on this. Some of the names there, maybe not as much. I would have sports sympathy Yeah, great. For. <laughs> Can we stop for one second? Yeah. You know what I don't want to get in Utah is a taco. Hard well, pass. I don't understand. You're just going to generalize wow. that Utah does not have a good taco? You Correct. Get good tacos anywhere. Not in Utah. Utah is like really cool. <laughs> Not in Utah. Isn't, doesn't Utah have a great like film festival? Is that what like got Michael cool Jordan area? sick? Sun you think dance. he had he had tacos in Utah and that's You're where he just, got the flu? I mean, what a ridiculous statement! You're just going to assume that there's no good tacos in Utah? How dare you? How dare you? I bet you can get a good hot dog in Utah. I bet you can get a good taco in Utah too. Canty's best bet, where uh, Javante may be in trouble from yesterday. Plus, Uh-oh. unsportsmanlike moments next. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. All right, time to win some money. Canty's best bet. I'm talking down the field, y'all. Chasing that bag, y'all. Of the night. <laughs> well, we did not get to the bag last night, even though the game went over on total points. UConn did not beat Creighton. As a matter of fact, they got their doors blown off on the road last night. Really impressive win by Creighton last night. But we're going to go back to college basketball tonight. A little ACC action. Wednesday night ACC action. We're going to go with Miami plus five and a half points and parlay that with the under on the team point total of 150 and a half. So we're going to go Miami plus five and a half in the over on points. With 150 and a half, that parlay pays out at plus 248. CC, before we move on to unsportsmanlike moments, I do have to bring something up here. You always go to Jovante 
for advice on the ESPN bet, Canty's best bet. Mm-hmm. That is correct. Are we blaming him at all for any of the losses? Just throwing this out there. We know that you and Jovante have had beefs in the past. How are you feeling when it comes to your betting accountability partner? At the risk of scathing criticism from J.J. Reddick, <laughs> I am not going to pass the buck on the blame when it comes to my partner, Javante, my teammate. I am going to accept full accountability, full blame for what happened last night mm. with the best bet. Okay, good so, man, so if we man. reverse the process, you'll take the, the accountability, but Javante has to take the responsibility. <laughs> no, I'm taking oh, okay. responsibility and accountability. All right, yes. all right. there yes. we go. I don't want no smoke from J.J. Reddick at all. survived a terrible, terrible moment in our history. The most unsportsmanlike moment of the day. That was terrible. Was not a great look. Well, unsportsmanlike moments, something weird, something different, something quirky that we learn in sports, entertainment, and life, etc. CC mentioned the Creighton win over UConn last night, 85-66. The leading scorer for Creighton is a player by the name of Stephen Ashworth. He was a guest last night with Q Myers and Emmett Golden on game night here on ESPN Radio. And um, told them about his first job as a kid. I was a uh, I was a young entrepreneur. Uh, my my family friend had a, uh, a Mexican restaurant, and they had some unbelievable salsa. But it was probably like twenty five minutes away from my neighborhood, and so my neighbors really wanted like a weekly salsa run, but they didn't want to go and drive out there. So I was like, okay, I'll drive out, I'll deliver it door to door, and just sell it at a premium. And they were like hooked on it. They're like, yeah, absolutely. And for me, I've always loved. I've loved sneakers, and Kobe's were on the shelf at Foot Locker back in the day, so mm-hmm. could get a few more uh, in my hands. And so that was kind of really the motivation for, for selling salsa was uh, save up to buy some extra kicks on the court. So it was, uh, it was fun and uh, made a little bread doing it. Well, in the most amazing turn of events, ladies and gentlemen, I wish I could say this was planned. It was not. Stephen Ashworth, who's tied into Canty's best bet because Creighton beats uh, UConn. Mm-hmm. Sold salsa, which you put on tacos door to door growing up in Utah. <laughs> Where Pat Costello said you cannot get tacos in Utah. Here's how I know he's they're... a door to door salsa salesman. Here's how you know the tacos are bad in Utah. They're trying to sell salsa door to door. That's an insane thing to sell door to door. This is the ma- most amazing coincidence and connection we've ever had in the history it's of this great. show. This is it's nuts. Great. Now, door to door salespeople in general, what an impossible job. Selling salsa door-to-door is an interesting one. What a unique and amazing side hustle. How'd you get yeah. those shoes? Oh, I sell salsa door-to-door. <laughs> Mild. No doubt. But, but, but it seems like it was a well-conceived idea, though. He, he gauged yeah. it. There was a market for it, and he supplied a need. It seems like it makes sense. The only question I had is, was he buying the salsa wholesale from the restaurant and then market it up at a premium or was the restaurant getting a percentage of the sales that he was making door to door? Like I have those types of questions, but nobody, nobody can, can hate on the entrepreneurial spirit of the kid. That's awesome. 
Well, uh, Q Myers, Emmett Golden, if you're looking for your next air check, CC has some uh, suggestions for you because he needs follow-up questions <laughs> oh, so about questions. the salsa. More questions about that than the game last night. Yeah, so <laughs> you can meet with CC uh, at a uh, suggested time to be determined here. All right, next one. <laughs> I don't know that we're going to be able to top door-to-door salsa salesman pretty guy. Good, pretty good. But Probably not. Bart Scott, Kimberly A. Martin, and Greeny on Get Up this morning talking about Saquon Barkley's future. Bart Scott in an interesting comparison here. And then Bartholomew, all eyes here in New York on Saquon Barkley. Tag or no tag? No tag, man. Listen, Joe Shane, you know, he needs to just tell Saquon, listen, man, we just not that into you. They're out here treating um, Saquon like a side piece, man. They give him just enough to make him <laughs> satisfied. Like, go, he's done. They actually miss you long term, man. They just wait for a better, better, cheaper option, Saquon. Get the picture, man. That's a good analogy, though. That's a great analogy. It is. Oh, it is, unfortunately. In the commercial, you'll explain it to me. Um, but. <laughs> Perfect, perfect by Grady there. So good. All right, do we like the analogy that the Giants need to treat Saquon Barkley like a side piece per Bart Scott? Well, they're not treating him like the main. If so, they'd give him the contract. He's he's unfortunately in February 15th category, I think, right? Yeah, but here's the thing. I, I feel like saying that is almost disrespectful to side pieces because side pieces could, in theory, become the wifey. <laughs> I don't think there's any any scenario in which Joe Shane is going to put a ring on it with Saquon and give him a long term contract with the Giants. It just ain't going to happen. So I don't. I don't like saying Saquon is the side piece is almost disrespectful to side pieces everywhere. <laughs> like, uh, like, like side piece got a better chance of getting a ring and getting a long term commitment than Saquon Barkley does with the New York Giants. Are people proud to be side pieces? Well, I don't know. It, dep- I mean- it depends on who the person is that you're attached to. Okay. Because yeah. I'm saying when you're insulting side piece, calling someone a side piece, wouldn't that in itself be insulting or no? That's but, true. Yes, it but would. But it's be. even more insulting to say you're a step below a side piece. Well, that's what CC <laughs> just said. That's that's the point. You're on a tier below side piece? Yikes. <laughs> well, uh, what do we even call that, Smalls? Ooh, I don't know. Let me, let me marinate on that one. I'll come up with oh one. Oh, my God. Is that thought territory? I don't oh. even know. Mm. <laughs> anyway, we continue. Um, Unsportsmanlike <laughs> moments of the day. So um, I was driving home after Greeny yesterday. I tuned in to uh, Carlin versus Joe, and it's Joe, Fortenbaugh, and Ian Fitzsimmons. And I said, well, where's Carlin today? And then you check Carlin's social media, and you realize where Chris Carlin is. Giving out fireball in this hole last summer. My buddies from Rhode Island were here. And they said, hey, we gotta, instead of you carrying out the fireball, we need a way to deliver the freaking fireball. And so Christmas comes, I get the freaking, I get 200, a box of 200 t-shirts and this, and this cannon. <laughs> and I'm like, we also discussed apparently in our state, what about liability? <coughs> someone gets their eye poked out with this, with this operation. Okay, so let me explain what you're listening to here. Chris Carlin was on a golf course in Florida, and a guy that lives on the golf course, his house is on the golf course, has one of those stadium or arena t-shirt shooters that he shoots out at the golfers. It's great. Only Carlin. Somehow that would only happen to Carlin that he's playing golf 
And he has the t-shirt shooter guy at him. But I feel like this is also a Florida man story. Am I, am I wrong here? It's oh, in Florida. Yeah, Correct. Sure. But, yeah, but I mean, this is a Florida, like only Florida man would do something like this. Is it more only Florida man or only Carlin? <laughs> or is it both? Both. both. <laughs> the answer is yes, I'm both. both. But isn't this bringing it full circle with the entrepreneurial spirit that we talked about at the beginning of this segment? Because he's taking the fireball, he's wrapping it in a t-shirt that has his branding on it. Right. It says, thanks Howard on the t-shirt. <laughs> Maybe he could shoot out salsa in Utah at golf courses. <laughs> you know what they do shoot out at stadiums? Hot dogs. You know what they don't shoot out at stadiums? Tacos. Yeah, if you could shoot out a hot dog, how good is that hot dog? Better than yeah, the taco. Exactly. I guess I guess that's the whole point though. Like, is anybody picking the hot dog over the taco? Yeah. I mean, I mean uh, outside outside of being at a ball game, are you picking the hot dog? Over I'm the taco? sorry. There's not a hot dog or a taco eating contest, but there's a hot dog eating contest. I'm sure there's a taco eating contest. Greedy is coming up next. We are on to Thursday. We're on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about Electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus. Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com.